All right, so let's move on. No, okay, wait. First, before I want to talk about NYC a little bit because we're going to talk more about them. Oh god. Sorry, I just have one more point. I, I hate NYCFC. I know, but here's a here's a good probably one of my least favorite teams. I know, I know. Okay. Stupid Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I'm up here in Philly. It is episode 88, and once again, we have like so much to talk about. So much. Um, cool, man. So episode 88. Uh, Eric Lindros, right? How about that? There you go. Um, no union players, though, right? I doubt it. I didn't check, but I really doubt it. All right, so let's go. Uh, we'll talk Miami. We'll talk Atlanta. We'll talk NYC. We'll talk Atlanta. Then we'll talk some more CCL. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, first first up, Miami. I got to go to this game. Um, super pumped. Uh, drove up from Virginia. Uh, I enjoyed the tailgate part. Had a nice time with uh, those guys. And then, then I went into the game. Um, the shop line to get into the shop was super long. So... That was kind of annoying, but I should have known better. First, first home MLS game, uh, and then the, then there's the actual play on the game on the field, which uh, was not ideal for my first game checking them out this year. Right. Um, but there was the cool thing, the supporter shield banner. That was cool to see. So I at least got to experience that. So um, you got to watch it on TV. So you yeah. kind of got to see it from like a little more afar. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on the game? Um, I mean, yeah, cool to see the banner. One one good thing about, like, I, I was watching from home was that, that I got to hear Danny Higginbottom. Mm. And he was excellent. Um, That's very cool. I didn't expect much. I, I, we kind of had high expectations, like, kind of understanding who he was and, like, knowing him from a little bit from, like, NBC and stuff. But, like, yeah, he was he was pretty great and really easy to listen to. You know, obviously he was saying some pretty insightful things, you know. And, we, we you know, we've had some – some thoughts about you know Tommy before and you know he he had his he you know brought brought something else which is not 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 bad but yeah Danny was cool to listen to him I'm excited to, to you know listen to him more throughout the season and hopefully for years to come so that was good yeah. um but <laughs> that's about it from the positives um the game yeah. yeah to get into the game itself I mean yeah it flipped late late away late but like the entire performance from Union was not great. Yeah, and and going into this one, I was I didn't say this before, and I should have because it was a smart thing to think. But it almost felt like a trap game mm-hmm. because so much was going so well for us, and we had so much to look forward to after this game. And it was an expansion team coming to our home stadium, and you just kind of like us, and they had just come off of a bad loss, and mm-hmm. so you just kind of assumed, all right, here we go, we're gonna win this one. And I think that that was kind of the trap mentality we got that first goal and again all right cool we got the goal now let's just ride out the last like half hour however long right and then clearly not not the right idea because they've got a couple kind of superstars couple couple dudes who uh like like us our brothers just trying to you know make their way in this crazy little world um i don't think they have a podcast though but they'll get there they'll get there um (laughs) But but yeah yeah I I did feel like it was kind of a trap uh, and we we fell into it. Um, yeah. Luckily we got out of it two days later. The quick turnaround was probably the best thing for the team, right? Because you don't want to sit on that performance because like they did kind of just suck and yeah um, yeah yeah I like I like say the last point that you got there. I think that's a really smart point. Yeah. So. I- I don't know if this is really a new point because I feel like this is it's kind of been a building conversation throughout Union Union fans and like Union Twitter and everything. But this kind of felt like a kind of performance that just like is unacceptable for the team right now. Like we're at the point where like we're we're past the point where we get oh you know our lead squandered at the end of the game from some goals that are were very preventable and against a team that we should be better than. So, like, it, it felt like kind of like a union of, of previous years, like, but, like, I feel like at this point, this team, 
this organization is like past this kind of performance. And it's, and you know, it's, it's, it's one game. It's, you know, things happen. Like I'm not saying, you know, the team's going downhill from here or whatever, because obviously that's not true, but yeah. it just felt like that kind of performance where it's like, yeah, this isn't what we're our standard anymore. And right. Right. Yeah, you know, of course. Of course. It's, it's yeah. tough to swallow first home game, all that against a team that we have like, just a small history, but you know, a history of, uh, that we wanted to, you know, maybe build off of with, you know, Iguain and Martinez and all that kind of stuff. But it, yeah, it didn't work out and it sucks. But so, I don't know, some of the points that like about this game that stood out to me was just our defense looked really unstable. Um, it, and it wasn't really a whole lot of like Miami was doing. It just felt like we were always just like a step behind and every, every pass we're just chasing the ball, like trying to keep up with them. And they weren't like, it's not like Iguain's, super fast like he's obviously very talented but like, it's not like their team that's like moving the ball around like crazy like maybe like atlanta was like it's not like we were like just getting outpaced it's just like they were just a step behind and couldn't read the right balls and like uh, you know the de- defensively couldn't like read how what man was doing enough to like really step in and and kind of control control the game and that's what that's what like i think caused the first goal like the, it was obviously also a free kick but like you could see Miami like working the, the way down the field and like every union player that got close to the ball was just stabbing at it and just like taking mm-hmm. swipes at the ball. And that kind of seemed like it got kind of contagious when it was like, I don't know who said maybe like it was a Glezens or maybe Martinez like swipe first at it and missed. And like next guy tried to do the same thing thing. And it's just like, you kind of see your teammates doing something and they, it kind of just felt, you know, you, you know, fall into suit and like everyone starts swiping the, at the ball and then Flack does it and, and has a, you know, creates a foul and creates a free kick and like that's what caused the goal but i don't know it just felt like the unions were just like a little bit off and yeah doing some uncharacteristic things yeah and that and yeah that comes from just not not being the right mindset being mm-hmm. lazy assuming things are going to work out for you when they're not and just assuming someone if i mess up someone else is going to pick it up and it's just it was not right not there and and you kind of talked about the defense being shaky and i feel like that kind of leads us into the second game um because you know this yeah obviously one three oh and everyone you know um i think i think yeah the, the quick turnaround was great but you you're not going to tell me that first half our defense was any better because i mean we we probably should have been down to maybe three oh going into the half mm-hmm. um and it, yeah it was just kind of like you know i'm slicing through us and so i guess are you worried about our defense going forward um um I mean, you obviously, know, I, you, know, you lost Mark McKenzie, so are we seeing the the hole that he left? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we were, like, all of us were, like, going into the season, like, oh, we're fine with center backs. You know, we know Glazis, we know Elliot, they're going to be fine. And I'm not completely going to, like, go away from that. I still think they're obviously talented center backs. And I don't think... Um, and Baizo or, or obviously Wagner are like holes either. Like I know Baizo, you know, he could tighten things up a bit as well. And he's like learning and, and I think he's doing a good enough job where it's, it's not a problem, but it, it, yeah, these past couple of games, it's like made it a little bit like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe we're missing something. And Mark McKenzie really did leave a bigger hole than we anticipated. And what if, um, and I, and just kind of rounding out the defense, like Wagner, he kind of got worked a little bit by Dom. Um, I mean, he, I mean, a little bit might be an understatement, mm-hmm. uh, like I was turning him inside out, but I mean, he's at least athletic enough to kind of recover and still make things hard for him so that Dom couldn't really be that effective when he beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that recovery, but, uh, transitioning, um, so Martinez gets the second yellow or no, 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 sorry. My least favorite part. And I don't know if you knew this was coming, but it's, Drives me crazy. Accumulated yellows in a tournament. <laughs> Two yellows over three games and you have to miss a game. That is so terribly dumb to me. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, so um, I'm not, I've said it enough on here. I'm not going to get into it again. Just terribly stupid in a tournament to have a yellow from what, two, three weeks ago. Right. Now he has to miss our second leg. Luckily, we are like, got a nice cushion now. Anyway, yeah. not getting into it. Um, going forward though, so if he's out, uh, an option going into the sixth spot would be Elliot. We saw him do it last year a little bit. 
um, whether it's the best option or not, what that might end up doing. If he goes in there, then obviously Finlay comes in to play center back. It might be like one of those weird blessings in a cur- was it blessings in disguise where um, it forces Finlay to kind of come into the starting lineup, and maybe him and Blessness just like lock it down, or or maybe it's him and Elliot, and so maybe I'm just trying to spin spin some positive uh, webs yeah. from this a um, little bit, and yeah. and with the three O cushion, you kind of have that ability to be like, all right, we can be a little more comfortable with. Finlay coming in and letting Jack either play in this uh, mid or, or maybe just not play him, let Flock play there or something. Yeah, yeah, we 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 could get into that, but I, I, let's let's okay, talk more about let, let's talk more about what happened in this game because it was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, yeah. So obviously, like first half, yeah, we covered our defense was not great, and Blake bailed us out time after time, and it was pretty awesome to see him and play that well but I mean the second half it was it was wild and, and we're kind of seeing that like we're gonna maybe maybe we're just gonna be a second half team because this isn't the first time this this kind of thing happened but you know we, we saw it in the that, second leg of uh not on Saturday we weren't well okay but you know the other leg of the of CCL the um all right in, in one Frieza. specific tournament yeah, yeah. yeah, in this tournament, this is how in one specific tournament <laughs> in one half of each game, we're gonna be it's super awesome. All right, guys, so yeah. now go on. Okay, yeah, because the second half, I mean, uh, it was completely different, and I'm obviously I think the biggest factor of that was subbing in Sergio Santos because Burke and Casper just weren't figuring it out. Um, I know Burke's, you know, he's still com- he was coming off of his injury and didn't really have any preseason, so he's there's always gonna be some rust, and that's fine. But him and Casper just weren't finding the right spaces together and they're two hold up guys that couldn't really hold it up. And there wasn't really enough support for them to really work off of anything, any other players. And I think Montero was a little lost in the first half. Like he was trying to move around and and cover ground, but like so many times I saw him all the way, like on the side, like more wide on the left than Flack was. And Flack was pretty close to him. And so they're both like on covering the same space. And I feel like Montero wasn't figuring out how to, how how to you know influence the game enough in the first half and mm-hmm. I know it's funny I was I was actually I texted our, our dad um so you were on delay so it was just sex and him but it was a game where I was like oh this is a game where it really shows how much we're missing Aronson so it's funny you brought up how, how much we were missing potentially McKenzie but this game where like we didn't have the number ten that could link these strikers and what we're trying to do to get the ball to them like that's where Aronson was so good. And was able to make those transitions, and Montero just wasn't finding the space to do that, especially in the first half. Um, yeah, I, I Burke, man, he was he I, he was not good. I I just don't know. I think the I think he kind of gets bailed out with the fact that we won three zero, because I think if you lose that game and you get no offense from, I feel, I feel like you're, it's just a different story because instead of oh, thankfully we won and, and we're looking at the positives, but if if it was a negative storyline, be like man. Why? Why is he starting? Why? Like, just throw Fontana up there if you because you know uh, he can at least play. Like, I, he couldn't play, man. He just was not. Very, I was just very unimpressed. Um, yeah. And like, regardless of who he's playing with, like, even just as an individual player, like, you gotta like find the game. And I mean, he's not the only one who was bad at that time, but he just kind of stuck out because I we all are rooting for him. He's our guy, and he's been through so much. Um. Um. So yeah, but Santos. I, I just want to point out again that Santos yeah. changed the entire game. It was insane yeah. how how effective he was in the second half because he was uh, like obviously he's in retracting the Burke, but he was able to stretch the um, Atlanta defense so much just with his his speed and his runs. Like that's something that, that like that just wasn't happening in the first half, and he was able to disrupt that defense enough to like create enough space for guys like Montero and Flack to really like do something on the ball. And like, we just, in the first half, just like couldn't even breathe on the ball. And in the second half, there was so much, so much opened up because of Santos and his, his playing style. And I mean, it's, it's a shame he wasn't able to score in this game because he basically, he was basically the reason for it, for, for so much of the, the, the success of the second half. But and I mean, credit to Curtin because, like, obviously the first half he didn't get it right. Um, I know it was like he, he said he was he was surprised that Atlantic, you know, started with the wing backs and that kind of threw off things. But Curran made the made the changes in the second half and 
and I was glad he was he made that sub quickly because it, it really obviously just changed everything. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a good point. I think it was good to see that the change was made quickly because I feel like in the past we've all seen the subbing patterns of this team be very um, regimented and scheduled. Mm-hmm. You know, 63rd minute, El Cino comes on, 88th minute, Fontana comes on, 92nd minute, Pick Your Homegrown comes on. Um, yeah, yeah, all all good points. Um, a point about Blake, just in, in broader terms, um, and MVP type stuff as far as goalies. I was thinking about this, and this would be a good exercise for someone who's got a lot more time than than I do or interest in doing this. Um, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how many one-on-ones or like, you know, they have that expected goals, um, mm-hmm. how many expected goals that he denies or how many one-on-ones he denies um, and then use that as a number and compare that to like goal scored and just to see like, all right, he's, you know, a goalkeeper is not going to win MVP just because of the nature of the game. But if you thought about it like that, and maybe, maybe that's what MLS does. Maybe they're all knowing and stuff like that. But um, if you took that stat, like, all right, he had, you know, 11 shutouts, but he uh, produced, you know, 25 goal denying saves or whatever or expected goals or whatever. So uh, like a 25 goal swing, just like a striker who scored 25 goals, then you'd be talking about a different kind of MVP race because, um, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, strikers can score goals and get assists. They can kind of, I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting to see. And I I feel like Blake's numbers could be up there. Like, I I, I mean, we're not like really like stats guys, but like I could see that being the case where Blake, because we see time and time and time again, like how much, he changes the game. And right, yeah. Because in the first half, we had, you know what, three three very clear scoring chance denials. So let's just mm-hmm. say we give him two. All right, so it, in the game, he would have a plus two and a shutout. Casper had two goals and a, an assist. And so right there, you got, like, a striker and, and like, on even ground as far as, uh, you know, a pseudo MVP race or right. whatever. Um but yeah, uh, on Casper, um, and I, I just, I'll give credit to Kevin Kincaid, our arch rival, on the <laughs> on the pitch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he said it. He, he said it perfectly on his podcast, where he said every time he's about to write a tweet saying that we need to upgrade Casper or that Casper's just not doing anything, Casper pops up and scores a goal. Yeah, and and. And I feel like we've texted at halftime of games, like, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. And then, boom, they, they start popping in. And it's, it is what it is. I, I don't I don't know. I don't have anything to add to it. But it's just, it was well said by him. Um, I'll never say it to his face, but I agree completely. <laughs> I don't know why I'm pretending, but I don't like him. He's cool. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, Casper really did step up. But I, I know I've been giving Sanders a lot of credit, but Casper was performing. His, he stepped the game just as much as I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but he he played great in the second half as well. And I know there was a quote that like Curran was saying he was like hard on Casper at, at halftime than he ever has been in, in their relationship together. So it's cool to see Casper rise up to that and and show that you know he still deserves to be on the field when when you know maybe your performance dips he's able to do seven back up up and um like yeah cause that, and that could that could be going back to that burke point it's like maybe Corey burke wasn't able to do what you know he wanted to do because maybe castor wasn't performing at a high enough level mm-hmm. to kind of help his attacking partner maybe that's why santos did do well because casper was able to kind of highlight santos's uh skills by checking back and letting um santos run yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, I do think Casper and Santos are, have built a pretty good chemistry that we definitely didn't see with Burke and, and Casper, um, especially obviously in that first half. But I think those two together are, are pretty solid. Like I'm pretty comfortable with those two if they stay healthy. And like I, I really hope Santos can play the full ninety soon because like even last year I feel like this so often he's, he's playing like sixty to seventy minutes or coming off the bench and it's. It's so frustrating because we can we hit, hit get, get these games like this where it's like holy crap this guy could 
he he could be such like the answer at striker for us and like if he really is able to stay healthy and like keeps this this kind of work rate up like he can change the game for us every week so hopefully that's the case and he's and he's gonna be able to start more and play more and because okay, he he's just too too good to 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 not you know be be the highlight of our offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice man. All right, Oof. let's get into you. before the break. Union best, Union worst from the Ooh. two games. Yeah, I know. I know. Tough ones. Tough ones here. Um, you you do you have yours? <laughs> I could I could try. Okay, Union best. <laughs> you could try. All right. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you give it a shot, man? It's a segment we do every week. And I know. I of us are never prepared for it. So. I, it. Well, it's tough now because it's two games. I have to try to factor together. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with an, probably an easy one in Andre Blake because for worst, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, obviously he gets in the Atlanta game and even made some pretty big saves in, in the Miami game. Um, I know there's one big, big save at the end when it was, we were already down a goal, but he, he saved a EYN header. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's an easy answer for Union best from, from these games. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, I'm going to go my union best. I'm going to go with the one we haven't really mentioned, but um, I'll go Flock. Yeah. I'll walk Flocka. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's just uh, you know, like we've said before, just impressive. He's played himself into a spot where you can't not play him. And particularly in the CL game, the second half, he, um, you know, was very involved in the goal scoring. So I'm creating chances. And just to have a 20-year-old kid come onto the team and just, you know, establish himself as a starter right away and basically take a spot from Fontana, our guy, friend of the pod. So, um, yeah, I think that, that takes me to my worst. Um, well, I was going to say font, font man, but I can't do that. Um, gosh, I kind of just want to say Martinez for picking up the, the yellow so early in the game. I, I also don't even think that was, that was that harsh of a foul for at that point of the game. I, yeah, I, I I totally agree. He would have gotten it anyway. Like I feel like the next like five minutes, he like went kind of nuts. <laughs> I was like, oh god, he's gonna get his second yellow here. Yeah. Um, but he got called for a couple more fouls, like in pretty quick succession. And so I was like, all right, it was inevitable that he was gonna miss next game. Let's just hope he can stay on the on the field for the ninety. Um, yeah, I would I guess my worst would be Elliot just. Yeah, I, I just I just wanted to pick a central defender. Glessness created the first goal, so um, yeah, yeah, I'll say it. Okay, yeah, I was probably gonna say maybe Glessness. Um, oh, 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 maybe Wagner actually. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay. None of this matters. We're making this up. You say yeah. Glessness got the assist on the first goal. Cool, man. Center back getting an assist. How dare you? You're an idiot. <laughs> no, I don't know. He, he just. Yeah. He, he was one of the, the, the prime um, examples of what I was saying, like guys swiping for the ball. Like he was doing that yeah. so much and that's super frustrating because I, I get, maybe he's, yeah, I get, he's maybe not as fast as some of the, the attackers, but like he's, I think he's a smarter defender than a guy just swiping at, swiping at the ball when, when the def- guy's dribbling at him. So it's, a, it's just kind of frustrating to see. And I, I, I mean, he's still a talented guy, so I think he'll be fine hopefully, but yeah, I wasn't, wasn't impressed. Yeah. 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 Um, before we go to break, I just gotta say, uh, just uh, I was thinking, I was watching a little Champions League yesterday as well. Um, and I gotta say, we looked very similar. Our performance against Atlanta was very reminiscent of the Manchester City PSG game, where PSG dominated, dominated, and then Man City put them out, put them out of their misery. Just dominated, took over the second half, just like the Union did. And so there's your Philadelphia Union compared to Manchester United comparison um, there. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the the other CCL. No, no, just CL. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did not. But that's good to hear that we're we're on the same level as Man City. So that's great. I mean, we won 3-0 and they only won 2-1, but you know, okay, well, we'll get there. So maybe we're, maybe we're above. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we'll take a break. And after that, we'll talk about uh, more MLS play, more CCL play, because what else? And NFL draft is actually going on as we record, so we'll do a little, you gotta do a little draft, draftski. All right, come back after this. Hey guys, Super Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game, uh, talking 
Philadelphia Union soccer, not NFL draft. Um, <laughs> Falcons on the clock. All right, so we got another regular season game on Saturday. Um, is that is that home away? Sorry, that is home. Know. Yeah, that Ooh. is home game. NYCFC not on a baseball field, so that's nice. Oh. Are you gonna go? Uh, probably not. Um, right. But right on. yeah, yeah I hope people one. make it either. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's interesting, like, to, to, to preface for this game, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about, like, should we just be, like, all in on CCL and not really just play, like, not really care about this game? Like, how did, how should we as fans, like, take this, this game? Because it's still early in the season, like, obviously, I don't know, that's important and exciting, too, but, like, it's, it's hard to, yeah, yeah, what do you think? Oh. Are you, how focused are you on NYC when Atlanta and... CCL semifinals are right there. Um, yeah, so it does seem it does feel small when we've got CCL going on. I also think um, the level that we're playing in CCL and how well we're doing also magnifies those results and the whole tournament as a whole. Mm-hmm. If if Atlanta was to come in and beat us, I don't know, four one or something. Um, yeah, because then they'd win. Um, no, we would win. That'd be they'd four, have four, four and we'd have three. Oh, they'd have four. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, anyway, but if, if they came in and, like, smoked us and all of CCL went away, then obviously it'd be like, oh, crap. Like, we just blew a couple MLS games. But I think I think at the point that we're at in the tournament, um, I'd say, yeah, it's almost like, CCL is the bigger one and you're almost treating MLS as if it's like kind of the open cup right now. Mm-hmm. And the, the caveat is that like, it's a long MLS season and there isn't, I don't, I don't know. It's not like we're uh, like down the totem pole where we won't be able to make up some points. You kind of assume, and you would kind of hope that your team's good enough that, all right, we might drop some points here and there. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to get those back against, you know, some of the lesser teams in the East and you're not traveling out to the West that often. So uh, you're really just looking at that Eastern conference and thinking, all right, well, let's, let's do what we can in CCL and, and that's going to be awesome. And then, you know, we'll, we'll make up those MLS points and, and with the playoffs, you know, as long as you're in the top seven, as long as you're in the top 50% of your conference, you're in the playoffs. So right. MLS does kind of, make it obviously easy again to the playoffs um despite how many teams make it look hard including us um <laughs> but but yeah i i think you do kind of i mean martinez you can play him but like bedoya casper montero i don't know rotate your center backs fagner does he need to play Bizo? Yeah. I, I don't know. yeah like like why not just run out a, a random lineup, let the fans who go see some new players and yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I've, I've kind of like had the idea that the union should go into the season and try, try to take a, a, a page out of Seattle's playbook and really take the first, take, take off the first half of the season and just kind of figure out what they have and, and make some, make some maybe like transfer moves in the summer and then like just, kill it and to get into the playoffs and then that's where they make the run and just use the first half to like figure out what you got and i kind of feel like we should be doing that and mm-hmm. the ccl is just on top of that like adds to that point really just because like we do kind of need to figure out what homegrowns we might be able to actually play in in serious moments where we, where we need someone to make you know pr- produce something right right and, and if you're not game, yeah, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna play them in a game like this then what, where are you going to play? Right. You know, when does a Cole Turner, we didn't see him last year. Um, is he just going to go away like uh, Orbitz, um, the Breeze? Like, yeah, throw them on against NYCFC is the uh, best, what third regular season game of the year when you've got a big tournament going on. Like, yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah. And, and like, if you're, if you're doing that, is anyone, no one's going to blame Curtin for a loss? You know, say we lose. I mean, Cincinnati just lost NYCFC five at nil, all on all on set pieces. So you know, if we lose this game 
uh, what, 3 1 or something? Uh, yeah. No one's going to be like, yo, Curtin, you got to go because you put out a crap lineup. It's going to be like, yo, we see exactly what you're doing. And I, I think he even said he's taking CCL more serious than MLS right now. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a little rotation. Right. And, and I feel like that's like one of Curtin's biggest uh, criticism. Like people, one, one thing people criticize most about Curtin is his lack of rotation. And he just like leans into that a little bit for this game. I feel like no one would really fault him. Yeah. If we, if we don't get the result, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. We're just focused on CCL and, yeah, I think this is it just it is feels like the perfect time to I, I wanna see some of these guys. Like I wanna see maybe you know, DeVries and McGlynn and Aronson obviously. Like it'd be cool to see these guys in it. And if it's like you know, there's not a better chance because we we, we look back to the first game of the season and in Columbus and we had all these guys on the bench and Karen was like, This is not the game to play them. Like they at Columbus, at, at against a team that's so talented, like they wouldn't be able to. It's not the time for them. It, it's not productive for them. So like this is a game where it's like okay, a little more comfortable at home, where yeah, maybe we're probably a little more more focused on maybe getting a result because it's at home. But yeah, it's a game where so, the yeah, kids, I was about to bring up. I was about right. to bring up the counterpoint of: Do you want to start your season one tie and then two losses at home? Also, not a great. But I mean, I would take that if it means we're into the semifinals of Champions League. Like, that's yeah. pretty wild. Um, but... Yeah, I, but, yeah, that's, that's you. That's you as a informed soccer fan. But what about um, Jimmy Jimmy from the Burbs coming in, <laughs> bringing his family? You know, they spent 120 bucks to get in, spend, eat some food, buy a jersey, and, you know, they're rolling out this, this lineup of scrubs, and, um, you know, they, they lose, and everyone's like, all right, well... Like, I don't know. It's going to rub people the wrong way. It's going to rub people the wrong way no matter what it does. So, Curtin, do your thing, man. Do your thing. All right, James? All right, so let's move on. (laughs) No, okay, wait. First, before I want to talk about NYC a little bit because – We're going to talk more about them. Oh, God. Sorry, I just have one more point. I hate NYCFC. I know, but here's a good thing. They're probably one of my least favorite teams. I know, I know. Okay, so they have one striker that's healthy at at this point, and it's Tati Castellanos, who's a guy who's – so frustrating to watch because he dives and yeah. all this crap that you know Atlanta thinks we do, but it's he's he's the the, the prime candidate of a person who, who does this kind of stuff. And he's now if it came out like I think today or yesterday, there's a report that he's might refuse to play because he he's trying to get a move to Palmeiras um, or something, and so they might not have any striker. So if we even to add to our point where we might want to say play the kids or make some rotations what, what what's a better time at home against a team that might not have have any striker like go, i man. think you can make some risks against a team like that and that, that's the only point i wanted to add because it's just hilarious what nycfc is dealing with on top of the fact that they don't actually have a home field and they're playing in like multiple baseball fields this year which is hilarious yeah. just a crazy little franchise yeah okay so we can move on now if you want to no, I got nine more points about NYCFC. <laughs> All right, so again, it'll be a nice little quick turnaround. That Tuesday game comes fast, man. Comes yeah. fast. Start your week with a union game like that. Um, where where do you go with the six? That I mean, that's really gotta be the only question going into right. that one. I mean, my first thought is like it, the obvious one, where just slide Elliot up, and then let's see what what Finley does with with Glazers as a center back pairing. Like, I feel like that's Elliot is the obvious number six backup right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I Cole Turner, I mean, maybe, but I, I think. Yeah, well, if Turner comes out on Saturday against NYCFC and, like, just has a bomb of a game, like, in a good way. I mean, that would be amazing. But it's it's going to be, I mean, Atlanta is, is a tough team to keep up with that, like, their their attackers are, are, are difficult to handle. And I don't think a homegrown is going to be ready for that at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it, it, I don't know. There is a counterpoint of like it's Finley ready to take on them as a center back, but based on what we were saying earlier, like our center backs are playing a little shaky. Maybe changing it up a little bit might might not be the worst thing. And, and this is we're kind of forced into potentially doing something like this. So I think that's yeah. where I would go. Just throw in Finley and and and, and yeah, Finley's like, obviously got more experience than any home room right. we got. Right. Season. Would you want to see anything else? Maybe like a three in the back type thing, or change up the rota- the formation. 
No, I think I think you just you just make as little change as you can. I think you keep, you know, Waka Flocka. You got Doya, Montera. <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously I wouldn't start Burke. Um, I would go Santos or Fontana. I don't care mm. if you're poison. Um, and the only reason I say Fontana is so that you can bring Santos off the bench and you can wreck things again if if need be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got three gold cushions, so and three away goals. So, you know, uh, that's a nice, nice little, nice little spot to be in there where uh, the decision isn't as pressure packed as if it was like a we drew or something. So, yeah, it's such a <laughs> wild position we're in. Like, we're this far into this tournament we've never been in, biggest tournament of our, of our continent, and we're in a, we have such a nice cushion at home, and we're losing one of our most important players. And we're like, okay, well, I mean, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Against a team that, I mean, they the way they got into Champions League is is a bit of a fluke, but they're still a, a pretty talented team. From we, you know, obviously seen it all in the first half and basically the whole game against against us this week. So it's, it's just wild that we're in this position where we're we're literally so so close to a Champions League semifinal, and it's like we're, yeah. we're, we're we have a good chance of even making the next step into the final because the the team we could be up against is potentially beatable this is just so wild though this is what we're talking about about the unit and it's just really really fun yeah speaking of martinez i went into the club shop and if they had him i was like rushing through the club shop at the game on saturday if they had a martinez jersey made hanging up on the wall i was gonna snag it i was, was gonna be like have a wild card pick but i mean um, he's he's making headway and even with with people outside of the union uh you know atmosphere or universe because uh I mean, yeah, he's making a name for himself with all throughout MLS, and it's pretty cool because I mean, he's always deserves it, but he's he's a guy with a lot of you know a lot of personality too, so it's it's cool to see yeah. him, him get his his recognition and his yeah. character. He yeah. could potentially be like uh, a villain in the league too, in the league yeah. against villains. Definitely, so that's cool to have him on our team. We oh, and, and we didn't even talk about how Concacafi we made the game. <laughs> oh yeah, like oh, that was awesome to watch. Yeah. And then of all the fan bases to do it on, like the Atlanta fans online. And if you're not on Twitter, like good for you, because even even after the game, like the Scotia Bank sponsor, or whatever on Twitter is like, who's your man of the match, Blake Casper or their guy Dom? And just because Atlanta fans are so uh, that they have such great volume in the numbers that they just create and have online, like Dom, he like had like I don't know, twenty four percent of the vote or something, like a significant portion for. A guy on a team that lost 3-0. Jeez. Uh, it's like it's just yeah to do it to that fan base. Yeah, it was great. It was I great. loved it. Yeah, every minute of it was amazing. Um, all right. Any anything else you want to talk about before about Atlanta or CCL for a move on? Um, I mean, we just feel I just feel like we are a nice. If you think about Concacaf, I f- I feel like the Union kind of fit that mold. I think starting with your captain Bedoya, it seems like that's a that's a Concacaf bro right there. Jabroni, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. then who's he next to? He's next to Martinez. Like, yeah. come on. And then Montero. Montero's beast in like on the like tackles. Yeah. Uh just seeing your seeing your DP, your number 10 playing so strong on the tackles. Oh, love it. It's so wonderful. All right. So CCL semis. Assuming we don't have a monumental breakdown. Um who who do you want to see? And by the way, the Falcons took a tight end. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I want to see Club America. I think if we end up playing two MLS teams back to back in Champions League, and like, I think that's a little bit, that's kind of not what the experience you expect or want out of a Champions League run. I think, I think I want to see Club America. I want to see that you can go into Azteca and play there and just, just experience that because, I mean, that's. That's 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 so much cooler than playing against Portland, and, and maybe Portland's a more beatable team. And I get that that you just want to get to the final and, and maybe win a trophy. But I think I want to go through a, at least one Liga MX team to make this feel. I mean, maybe more more validating. Even though I don't, I, no one, no MLS team wins Champions League, so just win it as in whatever way possible. But I think I I want to see them go through Club America if if they get there. Do you? What, what's your take? <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, would you rather lose to Club America or beat Portland? No, that's stupid. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yep. Yep. It'd be awesome to play Club America. Just, yeah. you know, it would I, suck to lose if, you know, they're going to be the better of the two teams, which is quite possible, but right. um, it, it, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty sick to play them. Yeah. Because if like you look Union, at the, sorry, I feel like, I feel like the union have had such like a kind of an easier path, which supreme is a team that was struggling so much. And then Atlanta, who's, not bad, but they're also still figuring out they have a new coach. Joseph is still coming back. Like we, we kind of are getting lucky in this path. So I want, I don't want it to be another kind of asterisk type thing, like the, right, the supporter right. with 2020. Like I wanted to be a pretty and validating look, beat the Liga MX in their own game. Right. And if you look back in the history books of like three years from now, four five years when we're like, Oh yeah, we won champions league. And they were like, Oh, what was the path? Why well, would beat Saprisa? We beat Atlanta. Like both of those are giants. Then we beat Club America, another giant. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Holy smokes, you guys did all that!" No one's gonna be like, "We beat Saprisa, but they were like in a terrible run of form." And then like Atlanta, they kind of got into the tournament in a fluky way. It's like that's and and then like we got dominated the first game, but we still won. And then Club America, like they got three yellows, three red cards in the first half. So like you would just be like, "Oh man, they beat that A, B, and C. That's sick." Yeah, then, that's true. Whoever in the final, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Toronto. Toronto, Kings of yeah. Kings of Canada. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Yeah. One thing I, I threw in our, our rundown that we didn't discuss beforehand, but I, I think it's crazy that that it came up, and I, I want to at least mention it. Um. So, <laughs> it started by Julian Nagelsmann got uh hired to be Bayern Munich's coach, which then led to the RB Leipzig job to be open, and then that led to Jensen Marks taking that job. And because of that, now people are talking about, oh, Curran, maybe he could take the Salzburg job, maybe he could be Jesse's assistant, maybe he can make, make a move to Europe. And I think I just think it was crazy that because of the, the, the hiring of a Bayern Munich head coach, that led to us talking about potentially our union head coach moving in, in effect of that. I just think that was crazy. I wanted to at least mention that. Do you have any takes on that? Um, I believe if you go back in uh, two weeks and listen to the podcast two weeks ago, um, you can hear me talking about headlines that we will see this year. And my headline was that Jim Curtin will be leaving the union for Europe. I mean, it's it's speechless. I think. Are you speechless? (laughs) Don't say anything. Don't don't say it. Be speechless. I'm I'm speechless. No, I think the Salzburg job may be getting filled by someone else. but I still think like there's these moves kind of have created an opening for Curran that maybe I think he could, I could see him kind of following Jesse Marsh's you know uh, track like going to yeah be, and, and going to be his assistant the head coach at, yeah going to be his assistant at Leipzig like Curran already like is playing this kind of system that fits the Red Bull system which as cringy as it is to say that that's, that's the truth. And putting him in might be behind Marshu, he knows he's his friend. Like I think he would be successful there, and I, I think that could be a nice step for him into into Europe. If that's where he wants to go. But I would hate to see it, but it'd be it'd be incredible for him. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, that would that would be wild. And then you assume Pat Noonan. I was just thinking um, of teams that would, or or guys who would. Be next up. You just assume Pat Noonan would probably take over. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm unless Ernst has a guy, but I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that would like be interesting. Guy. Um, it would stink if you're like in the system and Ernst yeah. gets his own guy. But yeah, at the same time, I'd almost be curious what um Ernst guy would be like if he was to bring in a guy. If like, you know, if we're going full Ernst Tanner. You know what I'm saying? Be like some, it'd be like the next Julian Nagelsmann, some kid from like the second Bundesliga who's who just you know retired early to be a head coach, and he's just like Wunderkind, just like Nagelsmann, and then he becomes our head coach. That that could that could happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I look forward to Curtin eventually going to Europe and uh, yeah, then being the head coach of a Champions League team. And what what we put that out at four years, four years from now. Yeah, I mean, it would sting to see him leave, and that would really suck because we, you know, obviously grown to love him, and he's created so much success for the Union. But it'd be cool to see a coach like that 
leave on good terms. You know, leave not be getting by getting fired because the team sucks. Leaving because he's too good. Right. Yeah. I, like, and we follow it just like we do with uh, Mark and Brandon. Right. Yeah, I mean, it'd be so. Yeah, it'd be so. It would be. It'd be cool, man. It, I, mean, I feel like it would be very along those same terms. Where I'd be, all right. Let me turn on, you know, whatever team he goes to, just to see him on a Saturday morning. Yeah, rocking a sweet hoodie. Yeah. Oh, the hoodie talk. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah, I regret watching the game on delay because I I missed all the banter on hoodie talk. Yeah, it's but, good. Hey man, tis life. Tis life. Football is life. <laughs> All right. Um, this next thing, Bengals went receiver. Um, <laughs> this will take two seconds, so we're going to do it. NFL draft is going on. We always do draft specials. I think last year we did uh, all kinds of drafts. Do you remember that? We did um, military draft of union players. We did, uh, we probably like drafted a five-a-side team. We did a beer draft named after union players. And there was one more. We did we did a quad draft, but um, maybe it was just like a regular draft. Uh, it doesn't sound like us. So just looking at the union players right now, if you were to do a, let's say you got 27 teams in the league right now, a draft, how many current union players would you say would go in the first round? Oof. Okay. So I think you would get Blake as a first rounder. Mm-hmm. I would Agreed. put Montero as a first rounder. Agreed. I would also put Bedoya as a first rounder. Um, no, he's he would be like it kind of. I'm almost kind of defaulting to being like expansion drafts, so I feel like he he would be a perfect like guy to build around as like your captain for your your, your team. Yeah, just age wise, I don't know, man. He's like my age. That's okay. Okay. Um, Martinez. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that was the other. One. I would I would go with those. I would go with the, those three. You probably. Put, I don't know if Wagner as a fullback would value as a first rounder, mm. but I think his his quality would put him up there. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you you could potentially see the Union have five and twenty seven. Yeah. I think so. Hmm. Yeah, I would drop Wagner. I was thinking Wagner and uh, Bedoya. Okay. And maybe like Casper in the second round. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Casper would be a first round. Here's one: if you if you had to pick right now, Casper or um joseph martinez or joseph martinez yeah i mean what do you what do you for like the season you're on the clock <laughs> i mean i'm thinking joseph martinez i don't know how, is that a question how is that no you can't he's arguably like one of the greatest strikers in the league like hey ever. man i didn't i didn't see him do much the other day but hey sure but he's if you're if you're an atlanta team. fan now i guess i guess you heard it here first luke <laughs> Owner of a Casper Shabilko jersey. Yeah. Wishes he has a he had a Joseph Martinez Atlanta jersey. I, oh. I didn't say exactly that, but I mean Hold it up. A number one. Number one <laughs> draft tag, Joseph Martinez picked by Luke McClung. <laughs> Pink hair and all. Oh man. All right. He's he would be your, your sleeper pick, like a maybe fourth rounder who you know is potentially rookie of the year. Or, or whatever. Oh, so the, I feel like the obvious joke right there would be who was picked in the fourth round and has been on the union doing mm-hmm. well, Mr. Elliott. But yeah. uh, I feel like Santos wouldn't exactly be a sleeper. He would be like a high second round. Yeah. Maybe like a Fontana could be a sleeper. You know, a guy yeah. you, didn't, you might not expect to get in your starting lineup, but, you know, we all know his role coming off the bench, that he uh, is a game changer. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good – I think Flock is a is a nice sleeper pick. Oh, yeah, that could be a sleeper. I mean, he's, too. he's a sleeper pick for us. Insane. Say it again. I think I think he he's come into the union as a sleeper. I don't think exactly. any. I mean, no one expect expected what we've gotten from him. Right. He's already right. exceeded all my expectations. Yeah. I think a Bison might. Or, yeah, he might be up up there as well. Yes, I, I don't think he's got the proven track record. Okay. Um. All right, so I guess our last segment, then I got to get to my own uh, indoor game here in a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got two games, NYC, that's it. All right, what do you think for NYCFC at home? Oof, okay. It's like I really want to see us play the kids and that it become like a 1-1, like we scrap out a victory with like objective Reese goal. 
but I, I kind of don't expect it to really happen that way. Maybe there's a, one or two guys getting subbed in or, you know, replacing the lineup and we see a little bit a little bit of change, but it probably, knowing current, it won't be too much. So with that being said, I think we would win, I'm going to say like 2-0. Two 2-0. Zero. Two zero. Yeah. Hmm, that's funny. That's what I was going to say. All right, I'll go with a lot. I'll go with a more boring game. 1-0. I'll go 1-0. Okay. You want to throw any goal scores out there? Yeah, let's go. Let's go Santos. He 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 needs one. And then I'm going to say Flack. Hmm. Nice. And now what do you see? Yeah, I I said Santos is my goal scorer too. Typed mm-hmm. it in, but this is a, not a visual platform. Second leg of CCL. What do you think the Union are going to do for that one? That's going to have an interesting play there. Yeah, like, because it's like, do you think they just play conservative? You know, they don't need anything. Just play defensively. You know, could play for a clean sheet, and that's all I really care about. And maybe it's like, I think they win three one. Oh, I think okay. they smoke. I think I think maybe it's close in the first half, and then then they just they just open it up. Okay. Just like they did, but I think I think they'll just be motivated to beat them and to make sure that they move on to the the semis. Okay, I'm gonna say one zero, and I think they score an early goal and that just kills it, and then they just, just kind of like coast through the game. There you go, man. There you go. All right, cool, man. Um, any eBay buys? Oof. Um, I haven't I haven't seen anything jump up on eBay recently. It's all been. Pretty standard stuff, but um, and, and you found anything? Nah, man, I've been off the grid, off the grid, just <laughs> off, the grid. off the grid, back on the pitch, drinking pitchers, playing on the pitch. Been busy, busy dude. So, all right, yeah, man. Well, all right, dude. Uh, solid podcast. I'm glad, glad we could make it work out. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get some, got some more stuff to give away at some point in the future to listeners of the pod. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. I have to send out a jersey to Denmark because that's the guy who won the uh our our jersey giveaway. So that's fun. Or sorry, uh, I, said Denver. I said yeah. I said Denmark. Yeah. And Denmark. 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 Uh, Union jersey is going to be sent from the Doopy Brothers out to Denmark. That's yeah. pretty crazy. That's fun. Well done, Luke. Well done, man. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, and uh, just go on, keep being good people. <laughs>